Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources. Final thoughts today. Thanks for joining us. Great to be with you, as always. And as we've gone through the week this week, uh, there's been just such interesting back and forth, interesting dynamics in parties, in between parties. And it, it often leads to some pretty fascinating conversations in terms of unity. And sadly, it's tough to call for unity in the midst of incivility. We've noted throughout the week uh, some of the primary challenges uh, that took place, the votes that took place on Tuesday of this week. Uh, those in particular in uh, Michigan where you had uh, someone up for re-election uh, in a primary race who voted to impeach uh, President Trump. And the Democrats applauded this Republican uh, who chose to stand up to honor their commitment to the Constitution, their oath of office, wildly cheered and applauded. Uh, and then the Democrats immediately turned around and backed a election-denying candidate to the tune of half a million dollars. Why? Because they know they can defeat that person in November, and they want to hold on to power and control in the United States House. And so that kind of uh, hypocrisy, disingenuousness, left and right have done that over the years. Uh, this is a whole new level trying to manipulate who your opponent might be in a fall campaign. And it makes it harder for all of us to to hear the unity call, the question I think that's most important for the country. And it's really difficult to discern, uh, and sometimes it, uh, it, it kind of rings a little hollow, this call for unity and for civility and integrity when all the loud bluster and partisan attacks the anger, angst-filled cries of political opponents, weaponization of words, all of that. There is, however, a whisper that's out there. It's a familiar voice, actually, and it can be heard down through the ages that unity, unity is actually the key to both political safety and personal prosperity for the people of this country. Now, some of the pundits have suggested that we should just stop pretending that unity is possible and just accept the deep division as, as part of a new national norm. I am not one of those. Uh, those who suggest that such a path, uh, that you just have to accept it, I don't think they understand what unity really is, what it means, or why it's so central to the continuation of liberty and freedom in our constitutional republic. George Washington understood this in his farewell address to the nation President George Washington spent considerable time on the subject of unity. He challenged the citizens to speak of a national unity as a palladium of your political safety and prosperity. Now, if you have to go to the, uh, the Google, the Siri, or the Webster's Dictionary <laughs> to look at uh, palladium, palladium is something that affords effectual defense, protection, and safety. Defense, protection, and safety. So unity actually provides an effectual defense, protection, and safety to individual liberty and prosperity. 
So it's worth exploring the case for unity laid out by the first president of the United States. Washington had seen division. He'd seen division amongst his own troops that he was in charge of leading. He saw it between the delegates in the Constitutional Convention across the self-interested states of the fledgling nation. Uh, He knew long before Lincoln that the unity of the Union was freedom's last best hope on earth. Washington said, the unity of government, which constitutes you one people, is also now dear to you. It is justly so, for it is a main pillar in the edifice of your real independence, the support of your tranquility at home, your peace abroad, of your safety, of your prosperity, of that very liberty which you so highly prize. Now, I don't know about you, but I would call that a very high and ringing endorsement of unity. And while Washington had done a lot of the hard work and heavy lifting for the new nation, I love that he ascribed the unity of America as both the desire and the responsibility of we the people. Washington then cautioned and expressed concern that conspiring forces would, for their own gain and purposes, strive to undermine the bonds of unity. Listen to this from Washington. But as it is easy to foresee that from different causes and from different quarters, much pains will be taken, many artifices employed to weaken in your mind the conviction of this truth, as this is the point in your political fortress against which the batteries of internal and external enemies will be most constantly and actively directed. I find that fascinating. That way, way, way before social media and a 24-7 cable news network, Washington understood that the attacks that would be waged against unity. He noted the relentless nature and the extraordinary effort that would be taken by those seeking to sow discord covertly and insidiously to weaken the national consciousness and commitment to unity. I think that's unbelievable. Uh, Washington knew what he was talking about. There was no interwebs, but he knew, he knew people were going to try to profit by it. He knew internally and externally people were going to come after us to try to undermine our commitment to unity as a nation. Now, ever the pragmatist, Washington proffered wise counsel, as he often did, to his fellow citizens. He said this, It is of infinite moment that you should properly estimate the immense value of your national union to your collective and individual happiness, that you should cherish a cordial, habitual, and immovable attachment to it, accustoming yourselves to think and speak of it as if the palladium of your political safety and prosperity, watching for its preservation with jealous anxiety, discountenancing whatever may suggest, even a suspicion that it can in any event be abandoned, and indignantly frowning upon the first dawning of every attempt to alienate any portion of our country from the rest or to enfeeble the sacred ties which now link together the various parts. 
That's profound. Washington concluded this section of his farewell address with a clarion call for unity. He said, For this you have every inducement of sympathy and interest. Citizens by birth or by choice, and I love that line, (laughs) citizens by birth or by choice of a common country, that country has a right to concentrate your affections. The name of American, which belongs to you in your national capacity, must always exalt the just pride of patriotism more than any appellation derived from local discriminations. With slights, shades of difference, you have the same religion, manners, habits, and political principles. You have a common cause, in common cause, fought and triumphed together. The independence and liberty you possess are the work of joint councils and joint efforts of common dangers, sufferings, and successions. So we can have disagreement about policy, politics, and even the people that choose to lead those parties. The test for all of us will be, will we listen to that clarion call from our first president, George Washington, down through the ages, that oneness is not sameness, but unity is what unites us and will help us overcome any challenge in the days ahead. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today. As always, as you go out into the world, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference.